Proud member of the full-time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter and at full fa- FullTimeFantasy.com, where you can hear Jim Day of FF Champs, Adam Ronis, and Dr. Roto from Sirius XM, and Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, as long as along with Anthony Servino of FF Faceoff, and many other podcasts, including ourselves. We again are proud members of that network today. We are going to be continuing our little storyline series. We were supposed to have a special guest with us. He got sick, so it is just going to be me and Dennis. Today, we'll be doing the Rams storylines. We will be doing a little bit of higher or lower on fantasy quarterbacks, and then we'll be talking about a tweet that Mr. Brad Kelly, I believe, of the Draft Network, set out earlier. Dennis, what's going on? How was your weekend? Man, I had a fantastic weekend. The Columbus Symphony Orchestra was playing the music of Pink Floyd with this band called the Windborns. Now, I don't know, you're probably not old enough, but in the 80s, there was this progressive metal band called Zebra. Uh-huh. And their singer's name was Randy Jackson. Not the dude from American Idol, a different <laughs> guy. Uh, phenomenal singer. And so he's the front man. So they did played all this Pink Floyd music from, you know, when I used to smoke a ton of weed when I was younger. <laughs> and it rocked. My wife was funny. She's like, I'm going to probably know two songs. I'm like, no, you'll know at least five songs. She knew like nine out of ten songs. It was great. She's like, wow, when did I hear this stuff? Very it nice. was great. The weather was perfect. I, I could, We couldn't have asked for a better night. It was probably 73 degrees, a slight breeze, table full of Mexican food from the, the local taco truck next door. It was phenomenal. I couldn't. My last couple dates that I've done, I've I've hit home runs on. I'm on quite a streak. <laughs> hey, well, that's that's all. We gotta keep it going, then, buddy. We gotta keep it going. Don't you know? Don't don't curse it. Don't don't speak it out that much into the ether. We don't want to mess that up. But you gotta keep it going, man. Don't don't let her down. Don't let her down. I don't, uh, I don't know if I can take the pressure though. Yeah, that is true. When you when you when you're knocking out that many good dates, it is kind of hard to keep the threshold up there. Um, I had a pretty good weekend too. Took the kids to Toy Story four. Uh, I don't know if uh, you're a fan of the Toy Story series. I, I grew up with those movies, so uh, very good movie. If you guys haven't seen it, it is worth seeing. Not quite as good as the other ones, in my opinion. Uh, did choke up a little bit at the end there. Uh, there's a nice little goodbye, I guess is the way to put it. But I really enjoyed that. It was a uh, my youngest son's first movie experience at a movie theater and he was amazing so that was that was awesome as well because it's always kind of interesting when you take your kids to the movies for the first time how, how they're going to act because you don't want to be that one parent with the annoying kid because there was a shit ton of them there it was really kind of annoying like i'm just trying to enjoy my movie and all these kids are screaming but it, my son thank god was not one of them uh but it was an awesome movie so again if any of you guys uh, are fans of the series and weren't sure if it was going to be good it's definitely worth watching so i would suggest you guys checking it out well, no, I, I'm a big. I, I really enjoyed the Toy Story movies. My son actually ended up going the eight-year-old with one of his friends uh, yesterday, and uh, 
it was uh or maybe it was saturday actually when we were at the pink floyd show ah. so he he went with one of his friends so i was my wife told me that that's what they were gonna do and i was a little bit like oh we that's kind of one of those family things i would have liked to have done but you know i didn't want to be grudging we needed a babysitter and so that worked out perfect gotcha yeah it's it's definitely take take your wife you guys went grew up growing the, watching the movies too like i did it's it's worth it it's it's a good movie man it, it really is like i said uh, i'm a huge fan of pixar and all their movies so uh i would say it's probably unfortunately the worst of the four but that's not in the saying that it's a bad movie it was it was really good i'm just a huge fan of the first two and i actually kind of thought third one was really good as well uh, this one is, it's really kind of focused on a couple characters, uh, so I'm hoping that it's not the last one. Obviously, I've heard a lot of talk that this might be the last movie in the, the Toy Story series. It'll be a little disappointing if it is, because uh, a lot of the a lot of the characters, I think, don't get a lot of uh, screen time, I guess is the way to put it. It's really kind of focused on a couple in this one. Yeah, I, I didn't grow up on the Toy Story movies. Uh, I, I'm, I'm old. I grew up on the silent <laughs> movies. Well, hey, that's all right. The Charlie Chaplin, man, he's still a king of cinema, right so well, you're good Carol to go there. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right, so the storyline. So uh, we started this out last week, and we talked about the Patriots, the Super Bowl winners. Today we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Rams. They lost to the Patriots in a somewhat interesting Super Bowl. Um, obviously did not put together quite the offensive performance they had all of last year and really the year before that. Their defense, though, was solid against the Patriots. And they really haven't lost much this year on offense or defense. The biggest name leaving in free agency is probably in Dominican Sue. Uh, but again, when you have Aaron Donald on that defensive line, that, that's a loss that you can take. One of the main storylines going in this year is Jared Goff. Can he take another step forward? He has talked, he has the same agent as Carson Wentz, so there's been talks that he wants some kind of contract like Carson Wentz. I personally would not put him in the Carson Wentz category. I think Carson Wentz is easily at least a tier above Jared Goff. But fantasy points-wise, Jared Goff has been putting up points. 332 fantasy points last year. Uh, he had, uh, what was it, 4,688 yards with 32 touchdowns and 12 interceptions last year for 64.9% completion completion percentage so a, gr a good year he was not bad at all do you expect him to take another step forward in this offense remain kind of right here where he's at has he kind of plateaued or do you think he takes a step back in 2019 well he's gonna get cooper cup back todd Gurley is gonna experience a slightly reduced workload now they'll probably end up uh, given some of that to Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson or John Kelly, one of those. But I do think that, uh, let's see, what had got, what was Goff? Uh, he threw 561 passes last year, which was good for 10th in the NFL. I feel like that's a pretty solid number. Uh, maybe, you know, if they add, 10%, that puts him over 600 passes. Only four teams uh, had over 600 pass attempts last year. So I feel like he's going to stay pretty close to that. Uh, the only thing that could, I think, cause them to throw more is if their defense falls apart, and, and I don't think that's going to happen either. They've got a, a good defense. They've got some really... You know, they've got some studs, and they've got, got a really good scheme. So do I think he's going to take a, another leap? No, I think he's probably playing pretty close to his ceiling. So 
coming in and on fantasy pros, he was, let's see, quarterback seven on fantasy pros. I think that's a reasonable ceiling for him. Uh, I, I wouldn't expect a whole heck of a lot more. See, I'm kind of torn on golf here, and, and it leads really right into uh, the next subject we have. I think a lot of it's going to be based on the offense around him and Todd Gurley. I do think that if Todd Gurley is not going – or not going to be – if he's not healthy and do, is not able to carry the ball as much as he has been, I, I know what you're saying about maybe Darrell Henderson. And even though uh, – is it Malcolm Brown, right? That's the other uh, – yeah, I always want to call sign, him – They yeah, matched the contract. I always want to uh, call him Mike Brown for some reason, and I don't know why. But uh, Malcolm Brown, uh, I, I do think that they'll still – they'll do a decent job in, in Gurley's stead if, if he ends up having to miss time. But they're not Todd Gurley, and so I I would not be surprised if they throw the ball more often going into this season again with them getting back Cooper Cup, who Jared Goff was lights out back in 2017 when he had Cooper Cup, and he was still pretty good last year before Cooper Cup went down. And that that kind of, for me, I I do think he falls right in that 12 to 14 range. I, I would not be surprised if he jumps up higher than that. Um, I can't remember exactly where he finished last year. Let me let me pull it right back up because I just had it here. Second, so he finished sixth. Actually, I was not expecting that at all. I, I don't think he finishes that high. Uh, I, I'd probably say he finishes closer to ten, somewhere in the ten to fourteen range. Is that what you said as well? Yeah. Okay. So we're not really that far off on on our thoughts on golf. I can't. Uh, I can't wait till we get to some projections and we're able to start ranking these guys. I'm really interested to see where we differ. But yeah, so we, we pretty much agree then on golf on the whole ten to fourteen. That like I said, I, I feel like that's a fair fair spot for him to land again. Three hundred and thirty two points last year. That that was uh right above well, Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers was hurt. So yeah, I, I would imagine though he falls somewhere in that that ten range for me. Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. Both Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks finished in the top 14 in fantasy last year. Again, probably some of that due to the fact that Cooper Cup was out. Robert Woods finished 11th with 265 points, averaging 16.6 points a game, with Brandon Cooks finishing with 243 points, averaging 16.2 points a game. So they were fairly close in their fantasy production last year. Robert Woods putting up 1,219 yards um, with six touchdowns, while Brandon Cooks put up a total of 1,204 yards with five touchdowns. So great years for both of them, especially for fantasy. If you had Jared Goff and one of those two, again, me and Dennis, uh, we've talked about this before. I don't think necessarily on the podcast, uh, but we've talked about it before that we really both love to, to pair a quarterback and wide receiver. So if you paired Goff with one of those guys, you had a great year from them. However, Cooper Cup. He really was Jared's Goff, Jared Goff's go-to guy in 2017 and a guy that he relied heavily on. So, with that being said, you brought up that he's coming back. He should be fully healthy in 2019. Hopefully, he doesn't have to worry about any injury lingering or anything like that. He's, he's good to go. Do you think any of the, or no, and I want to say any of these three because I do think at least one of them will, but with Cup, Cup coming back, will Woods and Cooks finish in the top 14 again in 2019? You know, I... I see a, a scenario where if they all stay healthy, that they all finish between 10 and 20. So really? Woods okay. had 130 targets last year. Cooks had 117. And then Cup had 55 in eight games. So 
with Cup going out, Josh Reynolds ended up with 53 targets. Gurley had 81 targets. So if they're going to reduce Gurley's touches, you know, if they cut his uh, carries by 10%, that's 25 carries. And let's say they cut his targets by 20%. That drops him from 80 to 60. Uh, now you've got the Josh Reynolds targets and, and the, the additional Gurley targets that could conceivably support all three receivers. It's probably more likely that two of them finish in the, the wide receiver two category and one of them drops down into the wide receiver three category if they perform like they did last year. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I, I don't have the, the through six games let me go to Fantasy Pros here, and we'll go to the eight, set it at eight games and see where the guys were. Okay. So through, Try that now real quick. So through eight games, Perfect. Woods was wide receiver 10, Cooks was wide receiver 17, and Cup was wide receiver 20. So that, that that's a scenario I think I could see play out over the course of 16 games. Uh, will that be the actual order? You know, that's anybody's guess, I think. Uh, uh, It's really, you know, to have a back-end wide receiver one and two back-end wide receiver twos, you know, that's a pretty prolific offense there. And I think that's the Rams have shown that that's the scheme they're going to run. And so they're going to have an efficient offense that can support four fantasy-relevant players. What really suffers for them is uh, the tight end. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as talented as Everett and Higby are, you know, they're just going to end up splitting 70 targets maybe between the two of them, and nobody wins there. Yeah. Well, if I made you, if you had to guess between those three, what are the two that you think would finish in the, the one or two tier for wide receiver and the last one that finishes in tier three? You know, I think I'm going to stick with. Uh, Cooks being one of the top two, I, I feel like he's the deep threat. He's the one that's going to stretch the field. He's going to get the the chunk yardage. Um, and boy, the other two are pretty similar. They're both short to intermediate route guys. With Woods maybe being a little bit having a little more deep game to him. I. But, you know, reportedly, you know, Cup and Goff are great friends and they've got great chemistry. So I am going to stick with Woods and uh, Cooks as the, the two that finish the highest. Okay. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I- yeah, so for me, I, I probably, I think actually Woods takes a step back. Back. I think that's where I'll disagree with you. Uh, I think Brandon Cooks, I, I just think he has more skill than Robert Woods. Um, and I do think that what Cup did with Goff in 2017 and at the early part of 2018, I think they're going to continue that as long as he's healthy. So I would imagine it's going to end up being Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup right up there in the wide receiver two category. However, as, as crazy as this is to say, I wouldn't be surprised if all three finish in the wide receiver one and two tears for fantasy because of what you just said they don't use the tight end cooper cup is used pretty much as a tight end in this offense they rather would go to him 
than to Higby or Everett. So I think that kind of right there gives Cup more value and allows him to kind of sneak into that tier because he's going to get a lot of the dump-offs. I think he's going to get even more now with Todd Gurley possibly losing some of that work. Uh, you know, Darrell Henderson, a decent receiver, but not what Todd Gurley is, and neither is Malcolm Brown. So I don't think either one of them get that many receptions that Todd Gurley might lose out on if he is struggling or if they kind of cut his workload back a little bit. I think those will go to Cooper Cup, which I think then in return allows him to boost up his value even more. So I could see all three going into the wide receiver one to two tier. I would just say only one makes it into the one tier. It would probably be Brandon Cooks for me. However, Robert Woods has outscored him the past couple of years, so it is a little bit hard for me to say that, but I'm going to say that if I had to, if I had to choose two, it's going to be Cooks and Cup, and Woods finishing third of that group, but I do think all three finish in the wide receiver two tier at worst. Well, yeah, because, you know, looking at the splits, weeks one through eight, Cup was, or not Cup, uh, Goff was up around QB6, in weeks 9 through 17, he was QB 11, and he finished at QB 7. So, you know, Cup is, def- they're definitely more productive when they have all three receivers. Uh, you know, I, I don't have Gurley's stats to see. Did he get more? Did his targets go up per game, I wonder, in the second half of the season? Maybe that's what helped wear him down a little bit. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I've got his I've got his receiving work for what he did on the year, but not in any kind of splits. You know, I I still think I think they're gonna I, I stick by my my Woods and uh, Woods and Cooks will be the top two out of those three. Gotcha, and there's nothing wrong with that. One of us has got to be right or wrong at some point, right? So, speaking of Gurley, your thoughts really just on him going forward into 2019? We know that he's got um, the knee issues, the arthritis in the knee. You know, the Rams have come out and said they knew this was going to happen. You know, they're probably going to, you know, base his workload on his knee and how he is going forward. Again, he did not have a bad year last year. Played in just 14 games. With 256 rushes, he got 1,251 yards for 17 touchdowns, added 580 yards in the receiving game with four touchdowns. Uh, It was, you know, still a very good fantasy back. He finished third in fantasy last year with 372 points and still finished as the best points per game average with 26.6. The next best were Christian McCaffrey and Saquon, who both averaged 24.1 points a game. So still the best running back in fantasy, missing two games, mind you. Your thoughts on him going into 2019 overall. Do you think he's still, we've seen in in best ball ADPs and everything, he's really kind of dropped to the back end of the first round, early second round pick. Do you think he's still worth a top five or six pick for a running back uh, in 2019? Well, you know, you've got Zeke, Kamara, Elliott, McCaffrey, you know, those the, that's your top four. So then, then it comes down to who's next. DJ, Mixon, you know, Gurley is in that second tier. I drafted Gurley at 208 in a startup or 206 in a startup, and I was delighted to get him there. And, and I'll take him there all day. I'll take him at the 110, 112. Uh, in the podcast wars draft, I think uh, Rookie Fever took him at 209. That's practically stealing. 
<laughs> his knee issue isn't a new thing. Yeah. It's it's something that was that everybody knew about. Something that the team was aware of. It's something that fantasy players should have been aware of. Is it going to be an issue at some point? Sure. Is it going to be next year? I don't think so. I'm betting that no, it's not going to be. That being said, is Gurley going to get 256 touches and 81 targets next year? Probably not. Uh, that's a pretty heavy workload, and I, I think teams generally uh, avoid a workload that heavy. So let's say he drops to 225 carries and 60 or 65 targets. That's still clear-cut top eight running back uh, touches. So, you know, take Gurley. You know, at some point, you're going to probably end up with a stud dying on your bench, and you're just going to have to live with it. Yeah. So if if I've got Gurley, I'm still I'm not going to sell him at a discount. I'm going to ride him until he's gone, until he breaks down. You know, and at some point, you know, he becomes a throw-in, I, I guess. But it's it's that I I'm not going to give him away. No, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. So. Into my main dynasty league, just to give you an idea right now, of the owner who had Todd Gurley, he owned him in both of these leagues that we play in together. He traded him in one league it was for, he got Royce, this was the worst of the two trades. I don't want to say it was a, a bad trade, but he, he gave him away, not gave him away, he got Royce Freeman, um, who was his other running, he got a, a, a kind of a throw in wide receiver, but he got three first round picks with it as well. So for me, I was like, that's pretty good value. At least, I mean, Royce Freeman, if you believe he's going to be the guy in Denver, you got a starting running back back, and you got three first-round picks. So that's not a bad deal whatsoever. And then the other one, he got Mike Evans and two first-round picks. So if I had to choose the two of the deals, I would definitely take the second one because you're getting a top-12 wide receiver out of it. Even as much as I hate Mike Evans, he's he's still a top-10 to 12 wide receiver in fantasy. So to get him and then two first-round picks for, for Gurley uh, is worth it. But I'm right there with you. Uh, really quick, before we uh, – we move on. I'm looking at the way that the the running backs finished last year. There's a couple guys here, pretty obvious who they he should go over. But obviously, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're not taking him over Saquon, McCaffrey, Kamara, and Zeke, right? Correct. Okay. So then the next guy to finish was was Connor. Would that be a question for you? Would it be Gurley or would it be Connor? I'd probably go Gurley. Okay. So then I'm wondering if it, the only other two then questions for me, because I would imagine James White was next, and that's easy for me. Uh, Melvin Gordon was after that. For me, that's easy. I would take Gurley. Would you uh, Would you agree? Yeah, I'd, I'd take Gurley over okay. Melvin. I'd have DJ over him. Okay, that was the next guy. The next two were my, my big ones, because this one is interesting for me. So DJ, I agree with you. He was the next on the list. And then the next was Joe Mixon. And I honestly think – is with the way I think Cincinnati's going to be the ball or play this year and run the ball, that's close. I would probably lean Gurley, but I would probably take Joe Mixon more. If, if it was a 10 drafts, I'd probably take him six out of 10 times over Gurley just because I think he's got the better upside if you're looking dynasty. Yeah, I'd take Ger- uh, Mixon over Gurley. Oh, okay. So right. I guess that would, put, that would put my, what, that'd be. 
Barkley, Zeke, McCaffrey, Kamara, DJ, Mixon. So that puts Gurley around seven. Yeah. Followed by Gordon and Connor. Yeah. Okay, so it's not bad. So like I said, he right now, so you can still get him at a discount in most best ball drafts and startups because, again, he's going at the 12th to – Oh, gosh. So what was the last one I saw him in? I know you were just talking about yours. I think the lowest I've seen him go is 2-4. So, I mean, that's still – and then all those guys that we talked about outside of James White, obviously, all went before him. Mixon actually went behind him. So, uh, for me, I'm right there with you. I think Gurley, even if he struggles a little bit this year and they do cut his workload back, I I can't imagine he's much worse than a top 7-8 to back in fantasy – He's still worth the pick, and I still think he's going to be good for a couple years. I know everybody wants to talk about how Jay Ajayi fell off the map here. Todd Gurley is a much better athlete and a much better running back overall than Jay Ajayi is or ever was. I don't think that's a fair comparison to make just due to the fact that they both had the same injury. Uh, Gurley has proved to be um, productive even dealing with the injury. Where Once we saw Jay Ajayi start to struggle with it, he really completely just fell off the map. And, and I, I, I don't think that's a fair comparison. Just in my opinion, do I think Todd Gurley is going to fall off the map eventually? Yes, but I don't see it happening next year, this year. I, I would say it's probably three years down the road. Yeah. So would you take Nick Chubb over Gurley? Ooh, playing into the my homerism. Um, I, <sighs> I drew that bow and shot that arrow. If it's, right your heart. if it's Dynasty, honestly, I would. And that's just because I like the way that the Browns are set up right now. I think they are going to be on par with that offense. I think they have a fairly close to a similar offensive line. I would take Baker at quarterback over him. Um, now, I would not take coaching-wise. Sean McVay, I think if we've got to see it from Freddie Kitchen. Sean McVay's proven that he's an elite offensive coach, in my opinion at least. Um, but just for long term, yes, because I don't think the drop off from Chubb, I know a lot of people are going to say, I want to win this year, so give me the best player. My argument against that would be is I don't think Todd Gurley puts up the 26.6 average again this year. I think he drops down to probably somewhere to 21 to the 19 range, and I don't think Chubb is that far off from that. I think he could easily average, you know, 17, 16, 17 points a game. And you also have him likely for a longer run than you would Gurley. So I personally, I would try to take my Browns bias out of it, but I don't. I would not fault anybody for taking Gurley over Chubb again, just because he's the better prospect. Would is that is it even close for you with those two? It's pretty close. I I could I could see myself probably three out of ten times taking Chubb. Uh, it's just one of those things where I feel like I would end up going, uh, all right, I've, I've got enough girly kind of, kind of approach. So, Hey, I got you. Like I said, I admit that there's probably a little bit of homerism in here. I'm, I'm trying to bury down that's still coming out. Um, because, and I'll admit girly is the better prospect. It's not, I don't want to say it's not close, but it, it Gurley's a much better receiver. He's more proven than Chubb has been. Um, again, and I don't think that, and I won't even use the injury card here either because I do think Gurley's going to be good for the next three years. I just don't think the drop-off is that much. So give me Chubb because I, I can also just, again, I guess part of it is a little bit of homerism. It's someone I, I know I'll be watching every Sunday as well, so it makes it more fun to root for. 
All right, so this next uh, next little thing we're going to do here is something we're going to do within the next couple of weeks. We're going to continue it going to do it into a more deeper basis as we get closer to the season. I just kind of wanted to start it today again. We were going to do it with uh, with our special guest. I thought it'd be a little bit of fun because uh, he, he's known for his hot takes. Uh, but again, he was sick, so we, we hope he does get well. And we cannot wait to get him on here eventually. Uh, but it, we're going to do a little bit of higher or lower. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quarterback and give you where they finished last year with their points and average points, and then you're going to tell me if you think they finished higher in 2019 or lower in 2019. This gives some of our listeners a little bit of an idea of where we think they're moving in 2019. We're going to start with the number one quarterback last year in Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, he cannot finish higher than what he did last year as he finished number one. He finished with 417 points last year, a 26.1 average, um, just completely killed it at the quarterback position. Uh, nobody was even close. Uh, I mean, the next best quarterback was almost, uh, actually was over 60 points behind him. So, Patrick Mahomes, now obviously, again, he can't finish higher because he finishes the number one, so the the other way I'll form it with just Patrick Mahomes is does he stay at one or do you expect him to finish lower in 2019? I I am on the regression train and you know he can he can regress pretty far and still finish number one. Yeah. Uh you know that I don't think 50, you know 50 touchdown seasons are, are pretty Far and few, few and far between. So, I, I do think he's going to regress. I, I still think he's, he's going to be in that, you know. And part of it is his supporting cast. I don't think Damian Williams or Carlos Hyde are on par with Kareem Hunt. Um, I don't think uh, anybody they have in the wide receiver core is on par with Tyreek Hill. So, there's going to be some some regression that occurs because of that. I think when Hill comes back from suspension, there'll be a bounce back, but that's not going to, that, that isn't going to make any of those running backs Kareem Hunt. I think Mahomes is going to drop back. He's not going to finish number one. I think he's going to be number two, but he, I don't think he'll be number one. I think I'm going to stick with him at number one. Um, I've been going back and forth on this for a long time here, and there's only one quarterback that I think could challenge him from that spot. They are on the list. We're about to get to him. I agree with you that I think he's going to take some regression, but again, I just talked about it. So the next best quarterback last year was Matt Ryan, who finished 63 points behind him fantasy-wise over 16 games. That's ridiculous. Uh, I agree with you. He's going to take a step back. The team is not overall as good as it was around him. The one thing I'll say is neither that defense is just as bad or possibly even worse than it was last year. I think they're going to have to rely on Patrick Mahomes and that offense to try and score and put up points. Andy Reid has always been a very good offensive coach and been able to score points. So I think they're going to at least score points even if Patrick Mahomes takes a couple steps back not just one or two say he takes three or four steps back I still think he has a chance uh, that get with again with 60 point difference that gives him a lot of room to work with um I do think he still finishes as the number one quarterback in 2019. the next quarterback that I want to talk about is the one that I think could challenge him and could be one that finishes up there right at one or possibly two. So I guess that probably already gives my answer when we get to it. 
But Andrew Luck, he finished his quarterback five last year. I put him as three because I don't know how to read. Uh, but he, he did finish his quarterback five with 327 points last year with an average of 20.4 points a week. Do you think he finishes higher or lower in 2019? I think he finishes higher. I have Luck as my QB one for okay. 2019. Okay. So I, I think he's finally uh, he, he's going to be two years removed from the shoulder. I think uh, his supporting cast is better than it's been in a while with, uh, you know, people want to bag on Funches, but he's he's a pretty solid slot guy. You know, T.Y. Hilton is a, a good wide receiver, adding Paris Hilton to the mix. I'm Paris and we'll be friends forever. Uh, they got a couple young guys in Darius Fountain <laughs> and Deion Kane that they really like. Uh, the tight ends and Ebron and Doyle uh, ha- have some value. And then they've got a really good running game with Marlon Mack. Uh, I think bringing in Spencer Ware to back him up is going to provide uh, what they had hoped Jordan Wilkins could uh, as a backup. Um, so, And then Naheem Hines is a, a great pass-catching back. So I do think that Luck is going to take a big step and finish as the QB1 in 2019. All right, before I move forward, were you watching any kind of cheeseburger commercials or any kind of special videos before you jumped on here? Nope. Okay, because you, you said Paris Hilton, so I was just wondering if maybe oh. you had her on your mind before. Uh, we. I knew who you meant. I know everybody else knows you meant Paris Campbell, but I was uh, my, my uh, mind went to a bad place. He, he is beautiful. He is beautiful. All right, anyways, um, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm, I can't. Uh, I have no argument against Luck. I'm right there with you. He's got a, a, probably the best offense he's had around him in his uh, career at Indianapolis. Again, two years now off from that shoulder injury. Should be good to go. We saw him have a phenomenal year last year, especially after a couple weeks into the season when he really started getting going in week three, week four. He really started to turn it on, look like the old Andrew Luck. And uh, I'm right there with you. Like I said, I, I could easily see him finishing his one at the number one spot. He is the only quarterback, in my opinion, out of the entire list that I think could challenge uh, Patrick Mahomes for that number one spot. So I've got him right there at one and two. I haven't finished my rankings yet. I'm, I'm debating on if I want. I'm probably going to keep Mahomes at one and put Luck two. But I would not be surprised if Luck ends up finishing the year as a number one quarterback. Because, again, they just had a phenomenal offensive line, just tons of weapons around him, and, and Luck is just so good. And I think a lot of people have forgotten that with the with him being gone for that entire season. Um, hopefully you kind of realized that last year with as good as he looked in the back half of the season, or at least after game three. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's someone that I would not count out. Um, unfortunately, he is getting drafted a lot higher this year than he was last year, so you're not going to be able to get him at a discount. Uh, but he is definitely someone – uh, that uh, I'm I'm buying into big here in 2019. You know, I will be honest. It's about 7:20, and after working all day, a cheeseburger does sound good. Oh, I'm right there with you. I almost had one today. My wife made some like wonderful little chips and queso, and and some uh some nice little uh, sandwiches and everything. So that's what I ate. But yeah, I, I could always go for a cheeseburger. It's probably why my wife is is side eyeing me a lot lately because I'm I'm starting to put on a little bit of weight. I, I forgot that uh. As I get older, my metabolism and everything doesn't quite work as well as it used to. This is not good for my image. Look at me. I'm a big, fat slob. I've got bigger titties than you did. I've got more chins than a Chinese phone pig. I've not seen my willy in two years, which is long enough to declare legally dead. You happy? Fatty make a funny? 
going full dad bod, are you? Well, you know, I hear it's in this year, so, you know, why not? Why, why not embrace it and see if, you know, the ladies will keep coming, or at least if the wife looks at me differently. We'll see what happens. I'll keep you updated on that. But uh, uh, <laughs> next up is Deshaun Watson. He finished his quarterback four last year with 331 points with an average of 20.7 a game. Do you think he finishes higher or lower than QB4 in 2019? All right, so we've established that it's, in my eyes, it's luck one, Mahomes two. So then it comes down to who, who, who is next. There's Ryan, there's Roethlisberger, there's Watson, there's Rodgers, uh, there's Breeze. You know, so Breeze was QB eight, and he had an uncharacteristically down season. Yeah, but I do think too that they're not going to go back. They're not going to throw the ball six hundred times. I think I think New Orleans is is dialing it back a little bit. That their defense has really improved. They don't need to necessarily play. So it really comes down to Rodgers, Watson. Matt Ryan, uh, I think Ben is going to, you know, he finished his QB three last year. I think he had a career high in pass attempts. I do think that's going to drop back some uh, with AB going out. You know, they need to, they need Moncrief and Washington to step up into that Juju role and Juju step up into the AB role. And, and so there's going to be some, uh, a, there's going to be a, a lot of let's give it to J- James Connor. Um, so I do think Ben's going to drop QB four. You know, that's right about where I would, ex- I, I would expect him to be somewhere between three to five. Uh, you know, I love Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I think Matt Ryan is going to be the QB three. Uh, I, he's got dirt cutter back. Uh, Calvin Ridley going into his second year. Yeah, Julio is a stud. Austin Hooper is a reliable tight end. Devontae Freeman is healthy. So Atlanta has some weapons. uh, And Atlanta has a better offensive line than Houston. So I I think that Watson is going to have a good season. uh, But he's going to – so that means i got to decide, is it going to be Watson or Rodgers at QB4? And boy, that's a, you know that's a tough one. I I'm gonna go with Watson. I, I think he's gonna stay even. All right. Is that a cop out? No, no. Pick higher or lower? No, you can you can stay at four. I mean, I understand that you could you know you, it, it, he stays even. I get that. No, no worries at all. For me, it's lower. Um, so kind of everything you were just talking about. If if I were to go through it in my head and look at the way they finished last year. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I would say, is probably going to stay above him. I keep Matt Ryan ahead of him. I'm with you. I think Big Ben takes a big step back this year. I don't think a lot of people looked, and I know he had a great year numbers-wise, but I don't think he looked quite as good as he has been. I think Big Ben is is in for some serious regression here in 2019. Uh, So I would move him out of that three spot. Andrew Luck, I've already talked about, would be right up there at one or two. I'd probably put Matt Ryan at three. I think Rodgers easily jumps to Sean Watson if he stays healthy. I mean, again, he finished, what, right behind? I mean, 15, 17 points behind him, and he, he was injured. I mean, dude had a messed up MCL from, what, two quarters in to the first game and came back yeah. out. 
And now he's got, hopefully they're going to lean more on Aaron Jones. These wide receivers will have another year in the system and working with them. So I take him over him. And then, of course, my quarterback five. I'm going to leave as a mystery for now because we will right. talk about them later. But I do think Deshaun Watson falls below that that quarterback as well. I don't think he falls much farther than four. I think he does finish right around the five or six range, but I don't think he finishes in the top four. So, so give me lower on Deshaun Watson. Next up, Mr. Teflon Tommy, Tom Brady. Now, this one might be easy, uh, might be hard. Maybe maybe you have him staying right at where he's at uh, like you did with Watson. He finished with 280 points last year, averaging 17.5 points again. Again, it looked like Tom had a very down year when you looked at it for fantasy, yet he finished, at least statistics-wise, pretty close to what he's done every year, minus a couple of the touchdowns, which is probably the little bit of regression that he took in finishing 14, because he does finish right around in the top 12. Again, not that far off of the top 12 here, finishing really just, I mean, it's surprising to me that, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I, I was just looking at my wrong thing. I thought Eli Manning finished ahead of him there for a second. Uh, finished literally points, as in two points behind Cam Newton, who finishes a 12th quarterback. So he was not that far off of the top 12. But do you think he continues to slide back? Does he fall lower than 14 in 2019? Does he jump up back into the top 12? Or does he stay right around 14 for you next year? You know, I I don't think he climbs into the top 12. Uh, 14, you know, I think Brady at this point is a QB2. Um, I could see... You know, when I kind of was going through the list quickly, I think I had about 15 guys I felt pretty comfortable being above him. So I'm going to say he's going to drop maybe a spot or two. Okay. Um, You know, I think it's going to be Sony Michelle season. I I think they're going to give him the ball. You know, Michelle will probably sit out a couple games because of his knee uh, with the swelling. But. Again, much like Todd Gurley, uh, it's not an unknown condition, and they will manage it. It wouldn't surprise me if he practices virtually uh, not at all during the season. But Michelle is, you know, I think he's in line for you know, 1,100 yards and 12 to 15 touchdowns. Uh, I think he's shown he can carry that load. And Belichick isn't, isn't averse to using him up during his first contract and letting him leave after four years, not not giving him that fifth-year option and letting him go. So I, I feel like it's the with Gronk going out uh, and retiring, you know, they've got oh, uh, Nikhil Harry coming in, Julian Edelman, old reliable, is still going to be there. James White's going to be there. Um, but Edelman and White, you know, they're catching short passes. And so I, I think the, the Patriots game is turning into that dink and dunk and grind it out, which means Brady might have uh, a good number of attempts, but not a ton of yards. And when they get in close, uh, I, I think they're going to be letting Michelle hammer it in from you know the three-yard line. So I think he's going to drop to at least 15. I'm right there with you, I think. And, and I hate that we, we are agreeing so much at the moment, but uh... – 
I just don't see him finishing much more above 14. I, I'm right there with you. I actually have like 16 quarterbacks ahead of him, and we've already talked about this. We talked about it on the last episode with Sony Michelle. We think this is going to be a more run-heavy team. I'm not that much of a believer in Nikhil Harry stepping up and replacing Gronk on this offense. Uh, so give, give me the same. I have him dropping down to right about 16 or 17. Again, that's not a huge drop. I mean, it was for last year. If you're looking at the 17 quarterback, they finished with 215 points compared to the 280. I would imagine that they'll those guys will come up a little bit more, but I, I don't see him finishing much below 280 points, maybe around the 260, 270, but I think it'll drop him lower than 14, right around the 16 to 17 range. So, the next quarterback. It's my guy. Warm-up's not really, but when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. He woke up feeling dangerous, and this is exactly who I was talking about. Baker Mayfield, the Bake Show, finished as quarterback 16 last year, tied with Eli Manning, both finishing with 240 points again. Only 14 points, or 14 points, 14 games last year, averaged 17.1 points. He's the guy I was talking about I think is going to finish in the top five and dethrone Deshaun Watson. I feel like this is also a very easy question. Baker Mayfield, higher or lower of quarterback 14, I'm sorry, of quarterback 16 in 2019? Uh, yeah, that's a slam dunk. It's going to be higher. Um, I, I think, you know, the more, probably the better question is, you know, you have him at five. Well, where does where do I think he'll go? Because he let's see, he started 13 games and he attempted 486 passes. Mm-hmm. So, in how, how do you remember? How, did he go in at halftime of the other the 14th game, the third game of the season? Did he go in at halftime? So how early did he go in? It there? was a I think it was like three minutes to go before halftime because Tyrod Taylor was driving him down the field. It wasn't quite halftime yet. He had a couple of drives in there because the first drive kind of stalled out, and then that was when he was just zipping the ball in there and that next drive, and everyone was like, holy crap, this kid has a cannon on him. Uh, so it was. I, I want to say it was right around three minutes left in the in the second quarter uh, when he came in there for Tyrod. So let's give him – 70 more attempts then, so that puts him at 550. So that's going to put him probably 4,200 yards, 31 touchdowns. So, you know, is that how does that stack up with uh, Deshaun Watson? So 31 touchdowns, and let me get back to the Texans here. Actually, let's go back to my quarterbacks. Well, right now he's projected for 4,000 yards uh, passing with, oh, where to go, 26 touchdowns. Of course, you're not that he does get the rushing as well, so they have him projected for 551 rush yards in 2019 and four rushing touchdowns. So, but Watson is gets the same rushes, so they're both 23 years old. Watson has what two more years in the NFL on him? Yeah, uh, I think as a whole, Cleveland has a better offensive line. Uh, we we have got some issues at our left tackle, but as a whole, you know the other four guys on our line are pretty solid. Uh, I OBJ and Nuke is pr- as close to a wash as you're going to get. 
uh, Landry versus Fuller. Two completely opposite type of players, but I think they're pretty close to a wash. Callaway versus Kuti. Mm, you know, I'd probably give a slight edge to Kuti. I give Njoku the edge at tight end over the Texans' tight ends. And Cleveland has the better running game. So it's going to be, you know, they're going to be right neck and neck, I think, in that 5-6 range for quarterback. They're, I think they're going to have pretty similar stats this year. So I don't know if, it, you know, I'm not, I, I haven't projected it solidly enough to say I definitely think Watson is going to be five and Mayfield is going to be six or vice versa, but it's going to be, you know, those two are going to be there. Mayfield's definitely going to be higher than 16. Yeah. It, it wouldn't surprise me if Mayfield was three or four just because he's, he's a, a smart player. He is willing to take some chances which can lead to big plays. Uh, and, and if you get some big plays, you know, that's that's how you end up with those 400-yard, 450-yard, three or four touchdown games. And you, you put two or three of those up during the season, and that can uh, really boost your uh, statistics. So easily top 10 for me for Mayfield. Um, I don't know if I'd go number five. It's a coin flip, I think, right now between Mayfield and Watson at five. Fair enough. These next two quarterbacks are kind of the same thing as Baker Mayfield. It's obvious, at least in my opinion, it's obvious uh, that they're going to be higher. I've got them on here because I kind of want to get an idea of where you think they fall. So Matt Stafford, who finished as QB 19 last year. Um, Goodness, I just lost uh, his stats. So 212 points, 13.3 point average. Again, this is a guy who consistently over – his entire career has finished in the top 10 to 12 quarterback every year. Uh, your thoughts on him? Again, I think it's an easy call. I think he finishes higher than 19. I think this offense all around in Detroit is going to be better than it was last year. But how much higher do you think he climbs from 19 in 2019? Well, you know, as much as we we love Stafford, last season was an outlier, but it wasn't really, you know, I don't know if I'm going to project him to get another 700 yards, which would get him back closer to his career average because Daryl Bevel is running the offense now. And, you know, Matt Patricia comes from that Belichick tree and they've got uh, a good offensive line and they've got carry on Johnson. They've got CJ Anderson They've got Zach Zenner, so they've got guys that can run the ball. So unless they fall behind, which is possible, I mean their defense is pretty average. Um, it wouldn't, you know, I could I could see uh, Stafford. You know, the last four seasons, he's his high in attempts. Or last five, well, let's go last six seasons, his high in attempts was only three hundred or completions was 398. He's thrown just under uh, the last four seasons, just under 500 passes with a low of 555 last year. It helps if I look at the right column. Um, 
So is he going to – yeah, he's going to be comfortably up from 19. But I could see him being QB 13 just as easily as I could see him being QB 10. All right, and then what about, um, goodness, Carson Wentz. So he finished as QB 21 last year – sorry, 22. Again, a lot of injuries last year and did not play the full season, just 11 games. 192 points with a 17.5 average. Again, I think we both are in agreement he finishes higher than 22. How high does he go for you? You know, just 3,100 yards in 11 games. So that's close to a 4,500-yard pace. You know, they've added J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, you know, Alshon Jeffries, a good wide receiver that can get in the end zone, plays big. Aguilar's still solid. You know, they've got some weapons. They've got Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Um, and uh, Wentz isn't afraid to, to use both of them. I, I'm at 21. What, what was his let, – let's look at his per game average as opposed to his – season average and see where that that was that might give us a little better read on him uh let's see one so even then at per game he was at 18 qb 18 boy that's a disappointing number yeah. i really had hoped it would be <laughs> higher so well you gotta remember he only played 11 games last year too right but that's why i went with the per game average as opposed to his uh Total games, right? Well, yeah, but I meant as in the fact that like he was he's still dealing he was still dealing with injury. I think more significantly than we were all led to believe last year, if that makes sense. Like I don't think he was ever fully healthy in 2018, which is why I kind of brought up the question just because he's you know supposedly out there in practice, he's moving without a knee brace and all that stuff. So he's supposedly coming into 2019 fully healthy again. He has the history of injuries here for him, so that might skew it a little bit. But just kind of to give that as a, I guess, a, a red flag on him or however you want to use it. Well, let's play. Let's play, uh, you know, either or here. Um, you know, obviously he's behind Mahomes, Ryan, Watson, Luck, Rogers, uh, Wilson, Prescott. You're going to uh, put him uh, above Dak Prescott? That, that one's close for me. Um just looking at the way they finished last year, uh, I, I like I said, I think Ben takes a big step back. For I'll just put it, so I have I have Wentz right around nine and ten. I think he finishes in that eight to ten range. So where Breeze, Wilson, Dak finished last year, uh, I don't know about Golf, Roethlisberger. Dak, Dak is the line right now. So Dak finished at ten for ten last year. I, I'm almost wanting to say no, just because I don't want to go full on cowboy hater, but. I really think that that's kind of the line right there. I, I probably would put him over Dak just because I think they have the better offense, but I think that's right where, right around where he finishes is at 10 in 2019. Well, Dak was 17.9 points per game, uh, and Wentz was 17.5, so there's not a gap, big gap there. Right. I think, I think gap, uh, uh, Dak makes up for it with a little more running. I don't think... I think they'll do everything they can to discourage Wentz from running. Yeah. Um, he, he just, I think that that's where he gets dinged up. So, you know, I think 
Cam is likely to finish above him. Cousins is going to take a step up from 13. I think Cousins is in for a, a really nice year. Baker's coming up. So, you know, the the 10 to 12 range, I think a back-end QB1. And if the, you know, if whether it's Arch, Arch, uh, Arthega Whiteside or Alshon stays healthy uh, all season, you know, if the two of those guys get going, it could really provide a boost to the passing game downfield. You know, those two guys might not get a lot of uh, yards after the catch, but they're very good at con- getting the contested ball. So a 20-yard pass with, you know, one yard of yak is a 21-yard pass. And uh, I, I think the, you know, the, sorry to go all mathy on you there. Um so Wentz at 10 to 12 is probably a pretty reasonable landing spot. So that right there will do it for our higher and lower right now on the quarterbacks. And we'll continue to do this throughout the offseason. Um, Dennis really kind of wanted to touch on a, a tweet here before we cut out of here. Uh, Brad Kelly of the Draft Network, you can find him at BradKelly17, put up a nice little thing on Twitter that 12 teams have never won a Super Bowl. The Cardinals, the Falcons, the Bills, the Panthers, the Bengals, the Browns, the Lions, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Chargers, the Vikings, and the Titans. Which of these 12 has the best chance to win their first Super Bowl this season? I feel like I've kind of already answered this, so I'll let you go first, and then I'll give you my answer. Well, you know, there are some teams I'm, I'm going to kind of just throw out, you know, the Bills and the Cardinals, uh, the Bengals, the Jaguars, the Texans, uh, and the Lions, and the Titans, I think are they're they're out of the mix. So you know the Falcons, they're going to have a good team. They've been to the Super Bowl, so I could see them making a push uh, and getting there. And the having a team with the experience of playing in the big game. Uh, I could see them getting there and winning it. You know, I think they're hungry. The Panthers, I, I don't think, you know, I, I think they're, I, I don't think they're going to do it. I, You know, they're very much like the Falcons, and they've got a lot of guys on their team that have been there not too long ago. But I, I, I I'm not sold on, uh, I, I'm not sold yet on them, being able to to get there the browns it's probably a season too early um i think they need some more time to gel um the chargers that's an interesting team you know they're going to have a, a pretty solid defense if, if bosa can stay healthy he takes a lot of pressure off ingram on the other side and that that makes their pass rush really really good They've got a good, some good defensive backs to hold down the back end, um, and then the Vikings. Uh, talk about uh, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. They've much like Buffalo. They've been there four times and uh, not one. Uh, they didn't go four in a row though. So, but I think uh, you know if Dalvin Cook stays healthy all year and gives the running game. The boost that that sh- that that he showed last year with Diggs and Thielen, you know, they've got a 
they've got the firepower to get there, and they've got a, a really solid defense. Um, if I had to pick one of the Falcons, the Chargers, the Vikings, the Panthers, uh, I'm probably going to lean the Falcons. That's probably the chalky answer. If I have to pick one of the other ones that I, I think are are just don't really have a shot, I could see the Titans kind of just playing ugly football all the way and just, you know, being that team that has some breaks go their way. Uh, I could see the Texans the same way. Just have some breaks go their way. And, you know, they've got a guy that just makes a play at the most opportune time. I, you know, I, I take that back. I think uh, of teams that would, that that could happen to, the Texans would probably be my pick there. I, I could see, you know, because they, they've got a, the playmakers on defense that could cause a turnover, be returned for a touchdown to win them a game unexpectedly in the playoffs or something. Uh, Deshaun Watson with some big game experience in college. Uh, I, I could see him, you know, just making a play. So I, I think it's going to be the uh, the Falcons if, is the chalk play here, and I think the uh, uh, the Texans are the long shot here. Yeah, so for me, I'm going to keep it. Um, when uh, our, our listener Ricky sent in a question a couple episodes ago and asked us if we thought the Browns would be that first team to win a, a Super Bowl like the, the Blues and the Raptors did for their championships just a couple weeks ago, uh, and I said the Chargers. The Chargers are a team that I, I really think is is being overlooked. Uh, mostly, I think, because of the way they kind of got beat by the Patriots last year in the playoffs. They have a really good team, a really good defense, and a really good offense, and coached by a really good coach in Anthony Lynn. Uh, so if I had to pick one of those teams, for me, it would be the Chargers this year. Uh, I, I'm right there with you. I don't think the Falcons are, are that far off. Uh, they've already, Like you said, they've been there. Um, you know, the Vikings – it's just hard for me to see the Vikings beating the Rams, although they did they did come pretty close last year in that shootout in Los Angeles, so maybe they could. Uh, I really think for me, if I'm looking at that list, it comes down to those three like you were talking about in the Vikings, the Chargers, and the Falcons. Um, and for me, just give me the Chargers because I think they have the, the easier path at least to get there. I think the NFC right now is just a much stronger conference overall than the AFC. Um, you know, you would sit there and say the Patriots, but I do think the Patriots are going to take a little bit of a step back. I think this is everybody's time in the AFC to kind of capitalize within the next year or so uh, with Tom Brady possibly starting to slow down just a little bit. If they can somehow find a way to stop that run, uh, I do uh, stop the run, which they could not do in the playoffs. I think the Chargers have a really good shot, so that that's my team off of that list. All right, before we could uh, before we get out of here, I forgot to put this in the show notes, but I did uh, do it. So uh, we posted on Twitter, and then obviously talked about on the show last week to post a GIF or picture of your favorite college team and or player uh, for a little bit of Debbie stuff. As we're going to start talking about Debbie soon as well, we had a bunch of submissions, so we do really appreciate that. Um, I went ahead and randomized it. Uh, earlier today, uh, we had about 18 submissions, so it sucks that we can only pull two out of this. Um, depending on how things go, 
with the rate and review, if we don't get enough of that, I may pull someone else off of this one since so many people uh, kind of chimed in here and, and dropped a lot of gifts, which we do appreciate. So uh, the winner of the first spot was at Dale underscore down under. Uh, he posted a gif of Wisconsin. Uh, looked like a little old, older one. I think it was Jonathan. No, it was, yeah, it was Jonathan Taylor, uh, but it was Wisconsin players. So we appreciate that. Dale, uh, we'll get you Great. in. I'm- a Packers fan from Australia posting a Wisconsin Badgers college game. Yeah, yeah, I All guess right. so. Hey, you know, hey, it was it, it got randomized, and that's that's who ended up winning it. And then the other one, if I can find you here, was at Bo Botelio uh, B O T E L L O I I I. I guess is what it is. Uh, he posted a Vince Young. Uh, a gif of Vince Young and his probably most famous run where he ran into the corner of the end zone against USC to pretty much beat them in the national championship game. Uh, first, uh, Ger- Gerardo Boatello. Uh, so those two will be in. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for doing that. Again, uh, I will add you guys probably on Wednesday. I'll give you guys a chance to listen to this episode before we add you in there. And that leaves just one more spot available. So again, if we don't get enough rates or reviews, uh, in time, probably within the next two weeks, uh, because I do kind of want to start getting ready to get this started so we can get all the all this stuff squared away. I might just pull somebody off of this uh, Debbie one because, again, we had a bunch of great submissions on there, and, and I hate that we were only able to pull two. So, again, though, as Dennis has brought up many times, I've brought up rate and review the podcast. You still have a chance at the moment to get in for that last spot. Uh, again, you guys will win a... If you win the league, get a free NFL jersey and you get a free Knights of the Roundtable t-shirt. And uh, before we cut out of here, Dennis, uh, I want to talk about your promotion with the Dynasty Nerds, which again, congratulations on that. Um, what we've Thank got you, going sir. on with that. And if you want to plug the the Midwest Expo as well, really quick before we cut out of here. Well, I have accepted the position of managing editor over at Dynasty Nerds. I've been writing for them for about a year and a half now. And, uh, I'm excited to uh, step into a role where I can help shape the content coming down the, the pipe as we've got, uh, as we've brought on some new writers and the site has really started to grow pretty quickly. We've got some guys that are doing some Devi stuff and we're getting more into IDP and all of this stuff really feeds into our mission to make people better dynasty players. And I'm really excited to, uh, see what we can do going forward. I, I think we have a, uh, a really great product and we've got a bunch of guys that are really passionate about dynasty fantasy football. And I'm honored to be part of the team uh, over, over there at dynasty nerds. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I, you know, I thank rich and Matt and Garrett uh, and uh, Josh for giving me the opportunity. It's, it's really something I'm excited about. As for writing, uh, I'm still working on the 32 teams in 32 days. Uh, we've got a, uh, you know, another one came out today. That's a project with a lot of the writers taking on everybody's taking a team and sort of laying out what the fantasy prospects look like for that team. I'm working on the Dallas Cowboys will be my next one coming out. Uh, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, not me. You know, it all starts with Zeke. And Amari Cooper said he wanted to, you know, have 2,000 oh, yards receiving. Yeah, so. I saw that. Good luck. Good luck he, with that, buddy. He's got the quarterback to do it, right? Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> oh, it's not like any targets are going to the tight end. So, 
Uh, but I'll be doing the Dallas Cowboys there. You know, we will be up in Canton at the Canton Civic Center. We'll have a boost at, booth at the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo on Sunday, August 18th. Uh, if you are planning to attend, go online, buy your ticket, pre-purchase, enter the coupon code Knights, K-N-I-G-H-T-S, uh, for $5 off your admission. We look forward to seeing you there. That should be a lot of fun, and congratulations again to you. It is well deserved, and and uh, I know you worked hard for it. Again, you're one of the uh, one of the better Twitter follows in the industry, and again, you do a lot to help a lot of people out, as as everybody has attested to, especially the people we've brought on here. I should say we you've brought on here. Uh, they've all talked about how much you've helped them out, so it is well deserved. Uh, I'm really happy for you, buddy, and I can't wait to see what you do to help them grow even more as I feel like Dynasty Nerds are really kind of becoming one of the pinnacle parts of this industry uh, and the way that we're going to continue to grow under your guys' role with you taking over where you have uh, is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we do have a, a draft episode coming up on Thursday as well, guys. Uh, I've, I, we talked a little bit this weekend about it. I heard a lot of you talking about that and some of the stuff that we mentioned in the last episode. Uh, so we will do a mock draft episode Thursday and kind of talk about different strategies as well on that. So again, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, again, follow Dennis at culture underscore coach. You can find me at sports fanatic MB on Twitter. You can find our, the podcast at roundtable FF as well. Please make sure to follow them as a lot of that stuff that we post through the podcast will come through there as well. Besides just me and Dennis. Uh, and then again, please rate and review. It would mean a lot to us. It really helps us out. It helps out the full-time fantasy network as well. Uh, so please rate and review if you guys get a few minutes. It really takes like 10 seconds, and it means a lot more to me and Dennis uh, than you guys may think it does because it's just a couple buttons and a couple words. You think it's not a big deal, but it does mean mean a lot to us, so we would really appreciate it. So Dennis, thank you so much for, for jumping on with me again today, and I look forward to talking to you on Thursday about some drafts. Right on. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall wide already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only they tackle him at the point of Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can! I can.